What is up, Fence fam, and welcome to the Fence Expert Podcast, a podcast devoted to anything and everything fence. Whether it's tools, guests, or answering your fence-related questions, you've come to the right place. This podcast is sponsored by OZFence.Store, your one-stop shop for all your fencing-related hardware. Right now, they're offering a free shipping of $150 or more, and if you use the discount code PODCAST, you can save 15% in addition to the free shipping. With all that being said, let's dive into this week's episode. What is up, Fence fam? So good to be back with you guys. This is like three weeks in a row. I, I am loving it, and I hope you're loving it too. Coming to you live from the Expert Professional Wood Care Product Studios, Caleb, Ashley, and the crew, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys sponsoring the live broadcast. If you guys would like to find out more about the stainless steel or the expert professional wood care products, uh, check out the link in the description below if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. So if you're also, if you're listening to this on podcast, thank you. This is a recorded version of a live conversation that I host every Tuesday or every Tuesday, every Saturday. That's today uh, from 10 to 11 central. I say 10 to 11. It's 10 until we get done chatting. Usually goes past 11. Uh, if you guys are listening on the podcast, we would love it if you would leave a review and a rating. It means a lot to me and the team. So without further ado, if you guys read the description, read the introduction, you know exactly who I'm talking about. And if you are on social medias anywhere, you know exactly who this is. So without further ado, let's bring up Brian with FWA. Brian, how are you? Hey, good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm doing so well, so well. I appreciate you getting up early to come on the show. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all, man. I, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little nervous. I feel like I'm on here with a legend myself. Oh no, I don't. It, it's a Finch guy from Missouri. That's what I always tell folks. Like I don't, you know what I mean? The expert. It's, it's always a weird. It's always a weird feeling when uh, when you're talking with somebody, they say stuff like that. Because like I listen, I'm a guy with a YouTube show. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I do appreciate it. Yeah, man, glad to be here. So, Brian, FWA Fence Workers Association. Uh, what is it, and what do you guys do? Well, I mean, Fence Worker Association was, I mean, it was developed obviously by fencers and uh, it's growing every day. I mean, there's more and more fencers getting involved and it's great. I mean, I, you know, in, in the past, I think for, it's, it's kind of, it's when it's straight away a little bit, I think over the last decade or so, and it, it wasn't as much represented by the fence industry as, as I, as I felt it needed to be. Okay. And um, I just love that uh, there's such a huge community behind it now. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than just an association. It's almost like a movement in a way that's going across mm -hmm. the country. And uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you, I, I wish I would have pulled up some and been ready for this. I got to pulled up and showed you some of the messages I get. Hey, we really appreciate what you're doing for the industry. Uh, it, it, it's great to, to, you know, see us represented. I finally feel like there's a place I can belong. And then even a couple of people, when I run into them at some of the other events, are like, hey, I didn't really quite feel comfortable that nah, we saw you guys in the FWA. And that's great. It just made me, you know, it makes me feel, it makes me feel like what I'm doing has a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It gives a purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, FWA definitely, uh, it's definitely, it's, it's built to help uh, the average fencer, not just a fencer that's been established for 10, 20 years, but okay. anybody, anybody, I mean, let's face it. What we do is it's, it's hard. It's hard work. I mean, and we, you know, we like to, you know, throw, throw things around there like one truck chucks and trunk slammers. And but let's face it, if anybody's crazy enough to want to go dig holes <laughs> and get into our business, we need them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, a comment on that chuck in the truck type thing is I think one thing that I try to impress on people is at one time or another, someone's company was a, a chuck in a truck. Right. Yep. It was a it was a two man crew and a pickup truck. You know, maybe they had a big box door card, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. That's 
that's 99.9% of the fence stories in the United States, yep. right? Just because, so, you know, with Archive Knows Ark Fence, just because we are what we are today doesn't mean in 1955, it was my granddad and no. his brother-in-law in a, in a pickup truck, a, an old international half-ton pickup truck, and they were yep. just building fence, you know? Yeah. So I, I think it's important for everyone to remember uh, where everyone starts somewhere sort of thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I started out as Chevy S10 pickup. I mean, I, I couldn't even fit. It was one of those step side ones where, where it actually was even worse. The, the bed didn't even go all the way out to the sides to where, to where it was like restricted, I think down to like four and a half feet or something. And I used to have to stack the gates because they wouldn't even fit in the back across the top and stuff. So I remember, and, and, and the industry wouldn't be better off if, if your granddad wasn't in this, or if I wasn't right. in this, or, you know, a lot of the people that we know that have these larger companies that are now employing 20, 25 uh, people all started off as what they like, you know, what they like to call truck slammers and, and, and sure. one truck. I never heard these phrases until I started getting into this stuff. But yeah. but again, I think that you know if we're gonna if we're gonna improve and strengthen our industry, we have to get rid of stuff like that. We need to take that guy and say, you know what, I agree, he's probably never gonna want to come work for us. He's gonna want to start his own company. But we all know how this gets handed down generally. I mean, uh, you know, you come from a, a long line of fencers. I mean, I grew up learning how to drive a truck on a construction site for fencing, for driving a fence truck and putting nuts and bolts together for 50 cents a box for my uncle's fence company. <laughs> And, and, and that's how a lot of it is. You know, would I want to go work for my uncle? Absolutely not. Did I do it then and start my own and hire people or even go work for another company? Absolutely. So we don't necessarily need that guy to come work for us, but we need him to train his nephew, his son, his brother, whoever that says, you know what, screw you, dad. I don't want to work for you. I'm going to go work for Joe or Brian. Sure. That's how we get more fencers in our industry. And right. You have to embrace those guys and bring them in and say, okay, we, we agree, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're not doing it right, all of us as a, you know, as a whole, but sure. it mean we can't show them how to dig a hole properly or teach them how to use a string line and, and turn them into a fence company. Well, I think, I think that's an important, uh, an important point is that because, listen, I, we're all in these fence Facebook groups, right? And uh, what Mark Olson call it, the, the Zoom gang or something like that to where Zoom crew, <laughs> Zoom crew that's right, where... That. They love to pick apart other people's work. It's like, guys, yep. in some, let's be honest, some of it is very nitpicky where yep. I look at it and I'm like, ah, would we have done it differently? Sure, <laughs> but I don't, we're not ripping out the fence to fix it, right? Yeah. We're going to go make some changes anyway. But, yeah. you know, rather than, rather than snap the picture and post it on socials and then rip them apart, how much harder would it be to reach out and say, hey, I saw some work. Are you open to some constructive criticism? Can I try to teach you that? Can we yeah. try to partner up and I show yeah. you a thing or two about it? More effort. Sure. Yeah. But better <laughs> industry as a end result. Yep. Right. I mean, if you, you tear these guys down and make them feel like, you know, they're not welcome, then they leave. How's the fence industry any better for that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and every time a guy grabs it, I feel like every time and this is how it felt like every time anybody grabbed a pair of postal diggers and bought a wheelbarrow, we, we tried to kick them out of the industry. And I'm like, we're, we have a shortage of people right now. There's a shortage. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it, it's only going to get worse, you know, and I think that's how we're going to improve the industry is to uh, give them some resources as well. And not just that, the forums. I mean, how many, how many people started off with just, I don't know if we can even find an office max anymore, but remember back when they used to have <laughs> office depots and office maxes, but yeah. uh, we would just go buy the estimate sheets and, and maybe write our name at the top or stamp our name at the top. And there'd be no terms in there. There'd be nothing protecting <laughs> us or them from, this is before we learned that we got to write, 
you know, terms and conditions on there. If we hit something or landscape or if we right. if we mess up anything that uh, has nothing to do with us, we're not liable. So we end up don't just not get paid. So that kind of stuff that they need guidance on and how, you know, that they need to start putting what side the wires on if it's chain link or mm -hmm. things like that. Or they're not just replacing it. And like you said, you know, I mean, it has to be built per an industry standard. Doesn't mean you necessarily always have to build it per what this person had in their mind. It's just... Sure. Well, and that's a fair point too, is these standards, it seems like they vary regionally too. Um, some stand now there are nationwide standards, totally understand that, but in terms of like styling, right. so someone will say, Hey, I saw, you know, the big discussion I see off and on is finish wood fence, finish side out versus in right. two very entrenched camps on this. If you believe one way is right, you definitely believe the other way is wrong. Okay. Um, it, and it's going to vary regionally. So when you see someone's picture up that shows the finished side the other way, they're not wrong. That's just how it's done in that area, yeah. right? Or gate swinging in versus out. You know, some some guys gates only swing in because okay. why would you ever swing a gate out? In our area, ninety percent of the gates swing out unless yeah. there's a really good reason for it to swing in. I think that's worth remembering. Also, is yeah. that just because this is the way it's done in your area? doesn't necessarily mean that's the way it needs to be done everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And like we discussed, I mean, there's some areas where pounding post is great. And there's some areas where you 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 can only pound down six, eight inches before your, your you know, your pneumatic equipment or whatever just stops or yeah. it starts destroying the post. There's nothing you can do about it. So, yeah, yeah, and, yeah same thing. I mean, some areas you have to mix concrete. It's just, it, you know, it's just the people in the area would just freak out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been like that for so long. So we got to do that. But I mean, but there's areas where, I mean, I agree, it would be great just to pound them and, or maybe even, you know, throw a little water in, but they got a lot, of, a lot of moisture in the ground. We don't have any moisture out here, or maybe some yeah. areas have too much moisture. It's, it really varies. And I think we talked about that. It's really hard to have a standard from the ground down, easy right. to go ground up. And like you said, we could find it where, Hey, someone had the tension, uh, tension band was uh, one diamond too high. And, and like you said, <laughs> I mean, would we go back and change it? No, we saw it too. Sure, <laughs> sure, <really> sure. <laughs> and, and does it affect the function of the fence? No. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like it, this fence you know, in this example, if it's a chain link fence, it's going to stand no matter yep. whether that tension band's a diamond high or not. Yeah, it, yeah. it just is what it is. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the 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 Zoom crew is strong sometimes. But yeah. I, I think I think it's worth noting that our industry gets better through constructive criticism. Yep, constructive being the key term here. Yeah. Like if we can get better together, then so so I saw there was a post yesterday or i saw it yesterday um just comparing one person's work to another's like two neighbors or something yeah. and one person's comment was well which fence is yours because i i can see things on either one of them that yeah. are different than how i do it so which one are you you know and then another guy said this is the reason i don't post pictures anymore yeah. is because no i could think i did a slam dunk job my customers over the moon they paid me on the spot but somebody's going to say, oh, you hinge your gate on that yeah. side? Well, that's not. I would never charge my customers for that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you put three hinges on there. It only needed two. This is ridiculous. I'm like, well, you put an extra hinge. Who cares? It, it, or a wheel. <laughs> or a wheel. forbid you oh. put a wheel on a gate. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah. They'll, <laughs> you might but, get out of the fence business if they find out about that wheel <laughs> on a green gate, right? Exactly. And it, guys, this is the point. Right. Like we don't need to drive people away from the industry, the yep. industry as a whole. And I think we can bring this conversation back around to the FWA under that premise is yeah. different 
different options for different contractors, yeah. right? That yeah. there are multiple associations out there and they all, they all focus on different areas. Right. And, but sometimes you get a contractor that doesn't feel comfortable in one or the other. So they're looking for a home, yep. right? They're looking for an association that aligns with their point of view or their yep. standards or what have you. Yeah. So what I've seen you post, and if you're on socials at all, you, you've seen you post, right? Yeah, so if, sure. if, if what I've learned or what I've observed is you're trying to create that place for someone that doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't feel welcome in one of these other areas, yeah. would that be, would that be accurate? I, I think, I think it is, but at the same time, I don't feel that we're the same as everybody else. I, I don't think right. that. I don't think that we're even even our missions, you know, if you were to go read mission statements or do something like that, I don't think we I think we align with most of the associations, 99 percent of it. But the problem is that one percent that we don't align is such a big deal that it has to, you know, it, it, that, that, that we have to exist. Otherwise, the I think the, the manufacturers and supplier, which is great, they'll take over these other associations to the point where um we forget about that small fence guy, you know, and, and we're, we're not protecting those guys. And I think that it is important that somebody does see the other side of it and say, okay, the regulations and the standards and stuff have to fit before we start choking down our fence companies to the point where we're sure, no better right. than the pool industry or something where it's, it's to the point where you can't build a fence without three people that have never built fence walking onto your job site, telling you how you're doing it wrong. And, and that happens quick. I know. Cause I come from one of those areas. So yeah, this, um, this was a conversation we got into before we started the show and it was, yeah. this is a good one. This yeah. Good one. So I think that it, it's important to have somebody representing both sides and saying, Hey, you know what? I'm not a fence consumer association. And, and I think for us associations, we have to decide, are we representing the fence industry or the fence consumers? Because we have consumer protection agencies. We have government agencies that protect the consumers. Not that that's not important, but I don't right. think that's why I don't think that's why somebody would pay an association or pay us or join us to go represent their customers. You know, we're, you're looking for us to be there and try to make decisions, um, you know, after educated from get, taking the input from everybody in our association that would benefit the industry and not necessarily the consumer as much as them. And I think that's where I come into play. I'm like, hey, we need to protect the fence companies, you know, against things like overregulation and the bureaucracy and, and things like that. And at the same time, give them, you know, get them give them a place like you said a place to belong and give them some some free information some free training some free forms if there is going to be uh regulations and standards that have to be met and followed across the country i'm all for the standards as long as they are practical and, and we can actually use them every day but i don't want to create something that some government's just going to use against us either sure so and make us follow some standard that just flat out can't be built in our our area you know, reasonably, reasonably you know, yeah. without opting a fortune. So, um, and giving them the forums, things, you know, things like teaching them how to do the drawings better, how to do their quotes better, um, you know, under some HR uh, resources that making them understand the importance of not just paying your best friend out of your checking account um, with no workers comp and no insurance. Next thing you know, at the end of the year, you're paying his taxes and you don't realize right. it. you don't realize it. And, 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 you know, so many companies come in and, and they're in business for a year until tax time, or they don't file taxes for a couple of years. They, yeah. and they end up owing, you know, the state use tax. They end up owing employment tax. They haven't filed any of this. They don't have any workers comp. They don't have all this, all this comes crashing down on them. You know what these guys do? They go into hiding. And or, or the, or the work comp, this is a big yeah. thing. They don't yeah. pay work comp because in the beginning it's just them. And, States vary on this, right? But in Missouri, the owner of the company doesn't have to be covered by workman's comp. So yep. they're an owner. One thing I've seen is 
So maybe the sons come into the business and their owners. Yep. And so now none of the owners have to be covered under work comp. Well, then they bring on a helper. Yep. Well, the cost is so much for that one person. Like, I will get it later. This goes on for a while yep. until someone gets hurt. Yep. And that's when the state steps in or whomever steps in and says, wait a minute. So you've been operating how long without it? And nope. there, so, and where things get sticky, at least in Missouri is you're still technically supposed to file for it, but then you file for an exemption, right? Yep. You say, Hey, here we are. We know we're supposed to have it. Here's our exemption status. And then, but a lot of guys just won't even get it. It won't even, you know what I mean? They won't go through the exemption process. And that's, in our area, that's what's led to several guys, uh, you know, the government coming down on them is somebody gets hurt, you know, and which is bound to happen. I mean, I know it doesn't, doesn't matter how safe you are, the nope. processes and standards and everything you have in place, people are human. And sometimes it's a mistake done by somebody else entirely, right? Yeah. It still ends up with your person getting hurt and then a claim gets filed. And then it's, so generally what happens is you take them to urgent care or wherever to get fixed. And then someone says, Oh, okay. So you did this while you're at work. I'm like, Oh yeah. And then the nurse checks the work comp box. She's yeah. like, okay. We'll start your workman's comp claim for you. Yeah. Or we'll notify whomever, you know, that sort of thing. And then the ball gets rolling before anybody knows it is. And then, then they're stuck. Yeah. yeah. And here's the problem, Brian. So what, regardless of the scenario, so the taxes scenario you laid out, the work comp scenario I laid out, they end up leaving the industry altogether. Yep. Like they don't come back. Yep. So because there's a lot of pride in this, right? It's I'm not going to go work for somebody else when I've worked for myself. Right. The in this person was probably a craftsman when they started. That's that's why they went on on their own. They said, "I feel like the value I'm bringing to this organization isn't commiserate with what I'm getting paid." Right? Because yep. I I do great work. I do fast work. I do whatever it is. They go out on their own. So they're really good at what they do at being a craftsman. But then through these series of unfortunate circumstances, yep. they something comes down and they lose their business. Well, we don't get that craftsman back. Nope. The craftsman goes off to another associated trade, right? Yep. Or a roof here locally, they go become roofers and there's good money in roofing. Bro. Yep. So anyway, we lose them. And we yep. lose that skill. And to your point earlier, we are in a skill shortage. We are in a a just workforce shortage at the moment. And everyone is. I don't want it to sound like it's just us, but we need to do everything we can to protect these folks, to give them the education that they can protect themselves, I think is the yep. point. Yeah. And we got to figure out how to make them not look like a threat to our industry. And like, and, and that's how sometimes they look at them like, well, these guys are starting off, you know, they're, or they're starting their own company and things like that. Like it's a threat. And we got to look at it like, Hey, this guy's going to train how many other people to build fence that is going to leave him fencers, uh, you know, in our area, they float from company to company a lot and there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. It doesn't matter what you pay them. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you get them a company vehicle. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just our trade a little bit. They do bounce from company to company and eventually they find a home somewhere, but, sure, um, sure. you know, and then that's where they stay for a while, but nonetheless, it's a lot of bouncing in the beginning until they realize that, Hey, you know, it's the same at all of us. All the companies are the same. You're, you're going to, you're going to go out and dig holes and build some fence. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it's like at the office. No. <laughs> and you should have such a, such a culture and such a family and a team that once they go out for a little while and they realize what it's like on the other side, they come back. Yep. That's, that's pretty common here is now 
there's a limit to how many times you get to leave and come back, right? Like we, we've learned that lesson, yep. but that's pretty common is they'll, they'll leave and they see the grass is greener on the other side. All right. Well, as long as you give notice and you leave properly, then you're welcome back yep. typically the yep. first time. Yeah. Um, and that, and then they come back and say, you know what? It's not really what we thought it was over there. Like it's, whatever the reason right so. <laughs> it's the same it's the same we have one one or two times you get to do that and come back after about the second and third time we're just like going man look you know i i wish you just would have gave us notice or i wish you you know even with the notice it's been the second or third time second somebody offers you 50 cents more an hour you yep. know, it feels like you're just gonna leave when you know and then oh yeah but they only had work for three months when we pay you all year so i don't want to hear it <laughs> we yeah, don't well, it, it starts to become a pattern yeah. Yeah. So you get mad with your helper or somebody in the truck, but, yeah. but I think that's what we, you know, I think that's what we push for is that a little bit more community and that little bit, a uh, little bit more push to have people feel comfortable when they go to events and go to places. And um, I didn't even myself, and I, I, I'm not a huge company, but Las Vegas fence isn't the smallest company in the world either. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, when it comes to that scale, so there shouldn't be any place where we would go, where we would feel at any kind of expo or any kind of event where we would feel out of place sure, as well. Sure. So the fact that we felt out of place, and the size, our, our size means how awkward must it be for somebody that just walked in? That's just him and his brother, you know sure. what I mean? Coming in and how you feel like nobody wanted to talk to you kind of thing because you weren't big enough. And even like you were saying with the workers comp and some of this stuff, if we don't help find the providers that are going to help the guys with, and some of these providers don't want the, the guy that has two or three employees, they want five, 10 employees. And as soon as you yeah, tell them, yeah. Hey, I only do, you know, $300,000 a year. And and I have just one employee, they're like, well, I don't think you're a fit for our company. You hear that a couple of times and you feel like your company's not as, as valid as the other one. And it's just not true. Whether you're in business one day or 10 years, you're just as valid of a company. Oh. And in, in this industry, you could start off with one guy in one truck in January. By July, you have three trucks. By December, yeah. you could have four or five trucks. That's how quick you grow in this company. So these are not people to be underestimated. By. Well, and especially in the last couple of years. Right. Where, you know, so we were talking about seasonality before we came on the show about how, so in our market, pre-pandemic, pre it was seasonal, meaning yep. that it went from typically St. Patty's Day to Thanksgiving, thereabouts, and yep. plus or minus a week, maybe. Um, then it wound down through the winter, and then it picked back up around St. Pat Day. Yep. So, you know, it's, but then you get other guys that are busy year-round. You know, they're yep. just, they're they're slammed, but... For us in the pandemic, we never slowed down. No. You know, from from April, May, twenty twenty. Now there was a bump in the road where no one knew what was going on, and no. everyone had to shut down for a few weeks. And but then once we got back open, it was an all you can eat buffet. Yeah, it was just you. You know, beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> you didn't really have to market. You know, it just it just came in. And I think what we're finding in the industry, and what a lot of people are finding in other industry, is there are a lot of contractors that that started in there that haven't that have only known good times yep you know so those are the guys we need and gals that we need to find quickly what do you need help with how can we help like how can we be of assistance before you know the savings winds down before yeah. before fall hits and the numbers start going down and then you're in a real pinch because all you've known is good times yeah. um but I think those are the people that find themselves amongst others uh, yeah. at home with FWA. Would yeah. that be accurate? 
Yeah, I agree. And and it, and it's amazing how small of a reach all of us associations, I don't know if you saw, I put something out once, where if you were to combine all of us, you FWA, AFA, NAFCA, um, anybody in, the, in you know, the three, and I think those would be the three main fence ones that I can think of off the top of my head. But even just combine those three, we don't even equal... 2%, probably 2 2.5% if we're lucky of the fence companies in the, in the U.S. or even associated with us. That's insane. Sure. Isn't it? That means 98% of fence companies are over 57,000, I think, last time we were looking at 57,000 fence companies and maybe 1,500 of them, 2,000 of them are, are, are even dealing with uh, any kind of association at all or even, even know we exist. So that sure. means there's 98%. So, I mean, there's room not only for us, there's room for another 10 more associations. And I wish we had them. You know what I mean? And, and we, sure. we can't be threatened by each other. In, either because we're not reaching them and we're not reaching that 98% of the room. There's plenty of room for, for everybody to come in and reach a different part of, uh, of the industry and people that, that want to connect on a different level. So yeah, I think we're FWA is growing, not just from that, that one or 2% that was already engaging in associations, but we're taking people that have never engaged in an association. Like you said, the ones that are just starting out as well. And we're going to, we're going to be with them up until, you know, they start off as a free member and we got people upgrading to a business member or even a sponsor sure. member, you know, from a free membership on their own. It's not us, you know, and are they getting yeah. much more to be a business member? No, not that much more other than getting added to some directories and, and they get to, you know, be, uh, put down that they're a business member and things like that. And they're, they're doing it to, just to support us because we're not telling them you have to, you have to do this in order to get some of these resources. And we're going to keep it that way. We're going to keep developing our main focus on the benefits is the benefits for people that aren't paying anything at all. You know, could we use the help? Sure. I mean, is it do, do do you know, do I smile a little bit every time somebody upgrades from a free to a business? Because make no mistake, it's a lot of time and money that goes into, you know, to creating it. I think in the long run, it's it's going to support itself just from the people that are that are going to remember, hey, in the beginning, they didn't know they didn't ask anything from us. They just wanted us to become a company and, and hire people. And they gave us forums. They gave us expo passes and and some some free training, some free information, all this information that that we're you know, that's going to get thrown down on them, whether they like it or not. The government's going to that's going to come down crashing on them for these standards. We're, we're trying to help. And I'm getting a lot of pushback on that, by the way, because a lot of people don't like this free information going out. Sure. But I'm I'm trying to get the free standards and all this stuff correct and out there. And most of these standards that that, that we're supposed to be following aren't free. So it's public safety for whoever can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know? Yeah, I think it's in everyone's best interest as many people have this, you know, the the safety regulations in their hands as possible yeah. um, and, and have access to standards. Yep. Right. There's <clears throat> there's some discussion about, you know, new contractors don't have the funds to purchase some standards books that are out there. Yep. Right. Because they can be spendy. They can, yep. especially when they change often. Right. Yep. And they're updated consistently. It's like. I'm spending how much a year to have these standards publications? Like, yep. why, you know, if has the standard changed that much from last year and well, no, but so I, I think it's, I, I think you found a right place in trying to make this information available to as many people as possible. Um, yep. Again, as an industry, I think we're better for it. You know, yep. that everyone be able to safely and effectively perform their trade whether it's fencing whether it's gate automation whether regardless of what it is yep. and and, and my and, and the, my approach on it's a little different i'm not going to try to shove uh gate safety and and, and fence safety and other safety standards out and, and not going to try to shove it down people's throat with with fear i'm not going to i'm not going to show you a bunch of of, of gory pictures of, of what can happen if you do it wrong i want to i want to teach people how easy it is to do it right 
and and not and not make people afraid to get into our industry because i mean this is it's it's a great industry the the gates and the fence and access controls all this stuff and it's really not hard it's not it's not hard there's four or five simple things to make a gate safe you know what i mean the, the screen sure. the pinch zones the so on the you know fall protection let's just show people how easy it is to build a, it's it, you know it's just as easy to build a safe gate as it is to build one that's not <laughs> it's just yeah, it's absolutely. not much more work so my approach is a little different is hey you know what come on in we're going to show you we're going to we're not going to show you what happens if you don't do it right we're going to we're going to show you that briefly but we're going to show you this is what you need to do to do it right and i think that's what people you know people like us we you know in the fence industry we engage with we engage with more of, of an encouragement than you know than, than telling us what we're doing wrong nonstop. And, and code enforcement coming out on us we don't take that stuff well in the fence industry we've never been regulated to that point last thing we're going to take good is some 18 year old walking out there that's never built fence telling you you're doing it wrong i mean you're going to get fencers we would rather shut our companies down and work illegally than be over regulated by people that have never built fence that's the average fencer Sure. I, I think that's, I think that's probably accurate. So we were talking a little bit before about permits and I don't want to go all the way down this road because this will turn into a two or three hour conversation, but we're already seeing that in fencing, right? Yep. So you were sharing your stories about how, you know, several weeks to get a permit to install a residential fence in someone's backyard. Um, that's not good for business. Right. Right. Now, there's a line here, right? So we also don't want, there's also a safety aspect too. We want to make sure people are installing safe fence. I think that's where it starts and then it grows out of control. Right. Uh, it's right. And I was saying, so there's a town South of here that we love working in it, They're one of the more fluent areas in, in the, our community, but they require a fence permit. That's $130. And to close out the permit properly, once all it is is once the fence is installed, an inspector comes out and looks at it and, and basically making sure that it's no more than six feet tall and it doesn't pass the front corners of the house. Yep. Why I have to be there for that or one of our team members has to be there for that, no idea. Yep. And what's the point? And it's, like I said, 130, $132 is the cost of this thing, plus my time or a team member's time. Usually I'm the one that goes because I don't – really want someone to, if the inspector's got a question i want yeah. to be the one to answer it you yep. know yep. um but you was it was the point and there's a slippery slope from that right and anyway so i i think we i think we're starting to see what regulation looks like and i don't know that it's good for anybody right you know over regulation right. i understand we do want to keep things safe i mean god forbid we don't want anyone hurt by what we're doing but you know, there's, you can go too far either way, I think yep. is the point. We need to find a, a safe spot for everyone or a, or a comfortable spot for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, I think, have you ever had somebody call you and say, I want to put a gate around my yard or I want to put a fence on the side of my house? And they, they don't know the difference between gate and fence. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I'm not sure. And, and that's just a common, it's a common thing to have somebody call you and say, I want a gate when they think in fence or they say they were fence when they want gate. Yeah. And those, those consumers are the exact same people that have the jobs in the building department and have the jobs as the code enforcement. So we, we tend to put them on a different level, like the building department and them, but they're, they're not, they're the same. In fact, you'll, you could have a code enforcement or somebody from the building department call you and say the same thing. I want to put a gate around my yard. <laughs> and, and then you have to correct them. Are, are you looking for a gate or a fence? Because sure. we know the difference. We know the difference. So yeah. the, the hardest the hardest part I have with following stuff is, is you can go in there and create a gate regulation and the building department code enforcement won't know how to separate that from a fence regulation. Sure. 
So you and, and when we say, okay, we're going to create gate regulations and gate codes there. And, and we understand the difference between a gate company and a fence company. The consumer doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we, and the difference between an automated gate and a personal walkthrough gate. Right. So how do you have a code enforcement or a building department go out and enforce regulations on the gate industry without it, without it affecting the fence industry? So, yeah. and, and so we have to be careful on how we do that. And international building code, by the way, is, is, is it's wrote right in the international building code. IBC is any, any, any fence up to seven foot tall is exempt from permitting. So that's in the international building code. So then it goes down to the local building departments and then, it, you know, and they create, they can go more strict in the international building code, but they can't go more lenient. So they can't say it's anything up to eight foot doesn't require a permit, but they can say anything up to four foot requires a permit. Yeah. So they can say things like that. So then you're, you're, we go and we push. So we have an international building code that says fences up to seven foot are exempt from permitting. Why are we going to the local building department saying that we want fences up to six foot that require a permit? Right. It, or I any, mean, most of the ones right. around us are any fence. Right. And there's if no one install fence needs a permit. Some right. of them are no cost. Some of, and yep. so Springfield proper, no cost. It's an electronic filing. You, because they want to make sure it's not over seven foot. So theirs is up to seven foot, no cost permit. Now over seven foot, you got to get engineer stamp drawings. Yep. You got to do this, yep. that, and the other, but well, I'll give a good example. So you can't have six foot fence in the front yard. It has to be four foot, 50% open from the front corners of the dwelling. So we, we had a permit get rejected twice because the, we did not go past the front corners, but the entire fence was six foot tall. And whoever was reviewing it said, no, no, the front facing fence has to be four foot tall and 50% open. Yep. No, it doesn't. We're not passing the front corner. It can be six foot tall because we're going halfway up the house. We're not even close to the front corner. No, no, no. Fences that facing the front have to be four foot. And it took us probably a week of going around and around trying to find someone there that understood nope. that's for fences in the front yard, nope. not front facing fences. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about is yep. a misunderstanding of what the organization's rules are, or the permitting process or whatever right. uh, can really, really screw things up. Yeah. And that's, and that, and we come from a highly regulated area. We got five different building departments in Las Vegas. And you know how small Las Vegas is? We have five building departments that all have different regulations. And it, it took me years of, you know, I'm a member of the Southern Nevada International Code Council that I joined just so I could go to the uh, Southern Nevada building official meetings. And all these meetings were happening in, you know, where the, all the building officials met. This is, this is how, how, and this is how these, these laws and regulations get created is associations like myself and other ones we go and we meet with these people and we get them to pass laws and, and regulations but this meeting the only, i found out about it just kind of happenstance across it and you got to go through a bar and you go up some stairs and they're all meeting in a they have all these building officials uh, building officials have all these building departments but they meet in the upstairs of a bar and <laughs> this is where in a in a, in a room Good. and this is where the meetings were all they all got together not at you know, one of the facilities so this is and this is how i lobbied and lobbied and went to the luncheons and got them to follow now the international building code because they created admin codes to override that which required permits and then at one point for a fence in your front yard we were having to dig holes across along a sidewalk and you'd have to wait now what would have been like a six-hour project is now you know, half a day to a day to dig the holes and wait. And then, and then you got to leave, you got to cover the holes. Then you got to find something to cover the holes and you got to wait for an inspector the next day from six to 12, if he shows. And if you're not there, he'll say, I couldn't inspect the holes because they were covered, but you can't leave them open either. So it's and now a, a job that should have been $2,000 is say $6,000. Sure. And then all this was supposedly to get rid of the unlicensed people. But now the unlicensed people are going to be out there tomorrow and they're going to do it for 2000. We got to charge five. 
I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the point I made before, before we got on here was you, you still have your point is you still have unlicensed contractors, which we see that still in electric contractors and plumbers yep. and that sort of thing that have been regulated for ever. Yep. And they still have unregulated, unpermitted, un, unqualified contractors out there uh, doing the work. So if we yep. think that we can flip a light switch and all of a sudden, everyone certified and everyone whatever the term for it is yeah. uh, it is pretty unlikely yeah yeah and, and, and now it takes two to six weeks to get the permit and somebody else can be out there tomorrow and, and they end up not calling in the underground they end up hitting and this is this this is how we create hazards which yeah. it, had it, had we been doing it we would have called in the underground the 811 we would have made sure all the utilities <laughs> and maybe not uh you know hit a fiber optics line or a gas line or i mean it's just uh yeah it's a safer way to have people do it right but anyway that's been that's kind of been my my approach on it is I, we got to be tactful and we got to sure. be careful. We got to be mindful of the small businesses and small fence companies and stuff as well. And if we start going around and regulating too heavily people that aren't prepared for it and, you know, and if you come from an area where you haven't heard of any of these regulations, you're not. We, so we don't send them the, the you know, how they should be building it first and and train them on how to do this first. Before we do that, you could take a guy out of business. You could take a guy that's been in business for six months that leveraged everything he has, his his money, his savings, his home everything he put to start a fence company to buy these trucks and to hire people and, and to get licensed to buy to rent this building to buy these tools and you want to see a guy's life ruined um or a gal whoever started a fence company take it away after six months i mean he could lose sure. his, his he could lose his home his kids his wife i mean it's amazing what happens when you're when your company crumbles so it's a big responsibility that we have anybody that's going to go talk to the government on behalf of our industry it's a huge responsibility and it shouldn't be taken lightly Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I think, yeah. I think that's a great point. I want to talk, I'm watching the clock here a little bit. I want, okay. to, be, I want to be sure we talk about the Finch show. Okay. It's coming up in August. What as a first annual, obviously I have no idea what to expect. So let me either. The door? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fair. No, it's going to be fun, man. It is, it is every day is, is something new even for us at our end on 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 people reaching out and, and the events and things are kind of tweaking and new exhibitors people that i that i i never would have thought would have done you know exhibits and things like that uh, i mean lowe's is even talking about being there and things like this we're talking about having something on a different scale than, than we've seen i think yeah uh, you know maybe not on, on the actual exhibitor number base but just a whole different set of of exhibitors and then our events it's going to be a show i mean we're going to have training throughout this thing a lot of interaction you know when you are there it's going to be some um some different kind of events and social gatherings and and we're going to take like i said going back to people feeling a little awkward and uncomfortable coming to a show maybe for the first time or going in as a smaller a smaller outfit we're going to try to find out when you know you're going to if you don't get thanked by four or five people for even coming there then we failed you know i mean and we're going to be asking you hey why are you here and i encourage other people that are doing shows to do the same thing because that's what i would like hey what are you here for are you here for some training are you a you know you know what what size company are you is there something we can help you with um are you know are you buying from some local distributors would you like to meet a distributor i mean how sure, when sure. you first started how how would you have loved to have been walked over to uh, one of the big distributor, one of the big distributors and said, Hey, Bill, this is Rick. He's uh, you, you know, what I mean? yeah, <laughs> make yes. that handshake and that introduction, you know, he's, he's got four or five trucks. He's got five guys. He's, you know, he's buying from, you know, this place and this place. He'd love to talk to you about something and make that, that soft introduction or even help set up some lunch, some lunch meetings. And, and we're telling our exhibitors, Hey, this isn't going to be where, uh, where you already know who you're taking to lunch and who you're taking to dinner and, who, you know, and we could write down on our hand how it felt for us on who's going to lunch with who and who's having drinks with who we're going to try to kick people out of their comfort zone and, and, and even set some of these meetings up and say, Hey, you're taking Kenny and Mark to lunch today. Nice. <laughs> okay. <Nice. laughs> 
Yeah. That yeah. Kind of stuff. And, like and, yeah. And training is going to be different. We're going to have okay. um, your basic and we're going to take people and show them how to install a gate operator. Not, not a big, not gate design. It's not going to be a big gate design school. It's just going to be the basics to show them how simple it is really to, you know, four or five steps to install a gate operator, you know, everything from bolt it down to the, you know, the chain and why the chain should be level. What happens, you know what I mean? Little things and, and hooking up the two photo eyes and things like that and showing them uh, this is how you adjust the basic, whether it's a limit switch or, you know, in the board multimeter testing. I can't tell you, I could, I could use a refresher and how to use a multimeter. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, other than going to AC and DC, the average person can't, can't even tell you, you know, I mean, how to check the continuity of something, you know, things like this right. or, or the ohms, or even, you know, if we get a, a mega meter or something showing them how to test a loop in the ground, if the loop is faulty using the right meter. So we're going to be doing that kind of stuff. And then um, just, going through just a nonstop little, little, little educational stuff throughout the thing where you can pop in the gate safety stuff. We're building these displays where you're going to see what happens um, if one's not built right. And one is built right, whether it has screen or it doesn't, and it'll have some actual interactive displays that are like, you know, full size, basically six, six, eight feet long. And we're going to do rather than us just sit there and tell you and show you a picture of what happens if you don't build it right of, you know what I mean? And, and bringing you down, we're going to say, this is how easy it is, but actual with full displays with our, our kind of our gate safety summit thing we're doing. Nice. I, you're you're going to, you're going to find it's going to be really, really interactive. You know, if you, also, you know, if you didn't get a picture with Elvis or one of the showgirls or something, <laughs> you know, sure, I want to make sure. an experience where you're just like going, man, that was a blast, you know? Absolutely. And, we're trying to put together a roast. We're not sure if that's going to work, who we're going to roast, but you okay. know. Okay. That could be good. <laughs> so, so where is it being held at? Uh, South point in Las Vegas, Nevada, okay. August 3rd to the 25th. So the, the details um, and a new site's actually going up here shortly um, for the nice. virtual side of it. So in, um, if you go to fence show.com, Mm -hmm. that's, that's the best place you just go right there and you can either book a room rooms right now are $65. And that's what um, I was going to hit on that rooms yeah. are incredibly affordable. Yeah. Yeah. And we've almost ate up the first room block. So I don't know how the next room block is going to go, um, it will be, whether it's going to be the $65 or not, sure. but I hope I'm going to try to stick it with that. But nice. um, yeah, so you can't go wrong with $65. I mean, even the property it's, it's going to, it's, it's for us. It's almost looks like this property is built for us fencers. I mean, you, you know, I think I went there and I picked up uh, Susan when she was in town. I was trying, she stayed over there when she was over here, we're doing some recon stuff for the show. Sure. And I got like two vodka tonics for 12 bucks. And it's like, which is if you come to Vegas, we're trying to do stuff where, you know, go down and get a beer for five bucks, not twenty five dollars. Yeah, and absolutely. Nothing will nothing will ruin one of these trips for someone quicker than, uh, you know, you go and get three beers and it's seventy five dollars. So. Right, right, right. Or or a three, four hundred dollar night room. Or, yeah, or yeah. Yeah. So and the parking's going to be easy for, you know, in and out. We're not, you know, it's not, it's free parking, things like that. So we're, we're trying to make it easy for, for all of us to get in and out, but we're also going to have a shuttle bus that runs because we did come, you know, people are coming to Vegas. They want to see Vegas. So yeah. we'll have a shuttle bus. We'll go to the Bellagio fountains, the Mirage volcano, uh, the link, and you'll take it down to Fremont street. And those are all things you can do that don't cost anything, but then you can also jump off and go, or if you want to just take an Uber or something, you could go to one of the hotels. Maybe you do want to get cigars or, I mean, it's everything you want here. I mean, it's, well, and it, everything's fairly close too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I don't know what my first time to Vegas, I don't know what I had expected, um, but we were saying, you know, we were being the tourists and we stayed on the strip yep. and, uh, but we wanted to go down to Fremont street because yep. I was like, and anyone that hasn't been should absolutely go. Like it's, yep. it, we went to like the golden nugget. We did like yep. all the, all this stuff. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a cheap, well, this was, pre-uber so i'm gonna yeah, show my yeah, age here i guess but yeah. it was a pretty cheap taxi ride just right oh. down to downtown and uh anyway so i was surprised by how close it was you could 
yep. now you can jump on an Uber at the north side and be on the south side in yep. 15, 20 minutes or something. So everything's yep. pretty close, it seems like. And that's actually Las Vegas, believe it or not. That's actually Las Vegas. The all the hotels, everything you see, the all the other ones, all Clark County. It's not even Las Vegas. So it's okay. Of, uh, okay. Yeah. It's funny. So when someone says, uh, you know, we're pulling a permit for Las Vegas, it, it's it has to be up in that area over there. That's just Las Vegas is actually a pretty small area. It's Interesting. All, it's, all, it's all Clark County that you see all the big resorts and stuff. So okay. here, yeah, the Clark County commissioners have all the power. Uh, see, Las Vegas, uh, the mayor and stuff. Not, I mean, they do have some power, but not as much sure. as, as the commissioners, which is weird, isn't Interesting. it? Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> another little uh, complication that goes on around there. Yeah, until you get to the stratosphere, that then it turns into Las Vegas. Okay, okay, got it, uh, got it. So <laughs> I, I'm excited. So uh, Braden and I are coming. We're gonna be filming. Just try to document everything that's going on because I, I'm excited to go. You know, I I remember, um, yeah, my, my first time to Vegas. I walked around with eyes like this big, just like checking yeah. everything out, and uh, yeah. it's. It's a good area. It really is. Um, now it's going to be warm. It's yep. gonna, Vegas in August is will be a little warm. Yep. So yeah. I'm prepared for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna and, and there's a pool there, but but it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna cool down a little bit at night. But it's definitely gonna be warm, especially if you're coming from an area where it never gets above 60, 70. But uh, you're gonna feel it. But that's also gonna be kind of nice. You're not gonna have yeah. to bring a ton of clothes, and you know I don't think you're gonna get stuck in a rainstorm by any chance. <laughs> we only get like twenty days of rain, so it would have to be some really bad luck. But, sure, but sure. the rain might feel good, I guess. But I, I think uh, it, and that's right when it starts to cool down. So September is when it starts to cool. So okay, it should, it should get um, it should get pretty reasonable at night. During the day, during the day, you're supposed to be at the show anyway, right? Inside, right? They see everything. Everything's air conditioned. Yep, yep. You'll be you'll be inside here regardless. So yeah, yeah. Very good. So we can, and I keep seeing you post. So it sounds like booths are filling up fairly quickly because I keep yep. seeing vid videos where you're like, "Hey, we're we got another block of uh, block of vendors already done." Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to get, you know, um, we were working on, we, we got some health insurance stuff we're working on for the member benefits side. We're, even though we're doing this show, we're not letting it take over what our core, okay. um, our core reason for starting the association was. So um, we have to, you know, we stay focused on the member benefits side of it as well. So we got some meetings with some health, health insurance providers coming up next week. I think Tuesday is the next one we're preparing for. So I kind of dropped the ball on making the announcements on, on a few of the exhibitors that signed up. So you'll see me plugging a bunch real quick. I'm trying to get <laughs> caught up. I'm trying to get caught up. So it's just like every day we're announcing the new one, you know, and, sure. and stuff because they're signing up almost daily at this point for exhibitors. So um you'll see in a bunch that just came out that was that was my bad <laughs> I, no that's fine that's fine i love it what yeah. do you have a feel for where you're at exhibitor wise um i think last time i checked there's probably a good 75 booths reserved nice and um it's of course still four months out you're gonna get right. a lot a lot of people were standoffish in the beginning because it is the first one and we don't have the exact numbers on the foot traffic but i you know i think that I think that the traffic's going to be good. I mean, it's the, the feedback we're getting is everybody's excited to see what what's going to happen. Right. Well, and you know, it's in an area that's easily accessible to everybody. Like you can, no matter where you're at, you can generally find pretty cheap flights in and out. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the rooms are obviously very affordable. And when I, when I logged on to get our rooms, I was like, it is how much? Yeah. Like it, Okay. All right. 70 a night. Good, yep. good yep. deal. Yeah. Um, sweets, sweets are like 150 if you wanted one of the sweets or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, when we go to other places, uh, typically we'll get an Airbnb because the rooms are five, six, 700 a night. Yep. And I'm like, well, I've got a team coming. So we're, we're not doing that times five. 
yeah. we can we can get a house for less than that. But when I saw Saturday, I was like, we are staying there. We are absolutely yeah. doing that, staying on site. So it's, you can typically find inexpensive flights in and out, and yep. you can find the rooms are definitely reasonable. And it sounds like the the costs on site aren't so bad. Like you yep. said, twelve dollars for two drinks. That's not. Uh, you yeah. would expect. I think we pay more depending on where we're at here in Springfield. I think we pay yeah. more for drinks. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. So it's and there's tons of bars. There's uh, the casino too. I mean, it's a it's a a big casino, and who knows? There might even be some rodeo event going on at the time. They do a lot at the. I don't know what's happening, but sure. I I know I tried to get some more space in the arena, and it was full. So I don't know what they're doing in there. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. So there might be something going on in the arena. So it's uh, I think it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be, it's going to be all of us getting together in a reasonable place. I mean, I, and I'm glad you're staying on property. I'll be staying. I live two blocks, three blocks from there and I'm, <laughs> staying, right? I'm, and I'm staying on property just because right. I don't want to have to, you know, leave and stuff. So I yep. think it'll be a whole hotel full of fencers. I don't know if they're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, they might put some regulations in place or some rules. Uh, this is where they do a lot of the rodeos, so I think they can handle us. Uh, okay, okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but we're we're excited though, so it's gonna be fun, and I'm, I'm glad you guys are coming up. And I know I reached out to yeah. all you guys and said, hey, um, I think you're even gonna have um, some booth space there. So we're gonna nice. be. You guys, I know I've been reaching out. You guys are kind of saying, yeah, we'll interview some people, man. We're going to be sending people your way because I, I want to get the I want to get some of these new fencers even, you know. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Guys. It's going to take all of us to plug these guys and say, hey, this guy just opened up in Wichita, Kansas. If, right. <laughs> and it's a big I, I deal. I love this idea of, of interviewing new contractors. Um, we, we did these for a while and I'd like to get back into it, frankly, because so what I was thinking is, wouldn't it be so cool if I had a video of my granddad and his brother-in-law sitting down going, we're trying this fencing thing. Yeah. I don't, we'll see if it works. I don't know, you know, and just cutting up about it and yeah. and talking about the truck that they had. So that's their fence truck now. And they painted, they hand painted Ozark yeah. fence on the side of it. And yeah. um, it would be really neat for me to see that and to show my kids that, that sort of thing. So yeah. that's kind of how I approach this is like, we need to document these stories yeah. and just be, and put them out there for everyone to say, once you go, you know, once you put them on YouTube, they'll be available forever yeah. and ever to everyone. Yeah. Um, so on yeah, you, we had talked about that and I said, I love the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Put it on their website. It'll be on the homepage of every one of their websites. Give them something else to do on there. It validates them. And the more yeah. we can do, even with the membership cards and, and, you know, if we can try to help get them even, show any experience in fencing that they can use when they're out, give them an advantage when they're out there bidding against somebody. That's what people need. We don't need sure, the other sure. stuff. We need to, we need them to teach them how, when they're out there to make themselves look better to the customer and little things like that, give them a badge they can wear and, and show them when they go to the website, show that you've been, you know, you've been interviewed by, by the fence expert and, and things sure, like yeah. this. It, it just kind of puts you on a different level. So yeah, so it'll be fun. So I'm excited. All you guys are coming and I know you guys are part of our uh, media team that already yeah. that uh, are helping develop some of the, how we're setting up the stage and stuff but uh the panel is going to be fun the panel is going to be fun we're going to hopefully get some people to to come up and bring some uh new product designs up to you guys to sit up there and tell them what you like and don't like about it okay know? i like yeah. that idea yeah, i like that so, idea a lot yeah so it'll be it'll be exciting Very um, good. I, I appreciate you having me on i know uh no, i know I, I rambled on quite a bit no 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 i love it i love it and uh so we talked about the show we talked a little bit about the member benefits uh what else is going on at the fwa um, right now we're just pushing really hard for, well, the membership cards are going out. You'll be getting one pretty soon. If, I, uh, I got an email confirming my address. Yep. Oh, absolutely. did you? Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so she's reaching out to everybody, a couple of them in the office to make sure. Cause I, in the beginning, I think 
there was a slot that for free members couldn't put in their address or something. And I didn't realize okay. it. So it wasn't being saved as their um, shipping address. So she's since then we've opened up that area. So now we're telling everybody to go back in and put your shipping address in so we can get the membership cards out and it'll have a QR code on the back. And we're not telling everybody what's going to be on that QR code yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so you got to get your card and find out, scan the back of the QR code. And that's going to, and that's where we're going to constantly be updating uh, the new member benefits. Like right now we sign and one of the first ones for associations to do something like this. There's only two or three, I think in the country um, is the uh, member benefits with Lowe's where you're going to be able to sign up for your Lowe's account. And you'll link to ours, which is a master agreement that, that, that I've signed with Lowe's, which took a while back and forth. Um, sure. And then hopefully we'll get Home Depot and get some other suppliers as well. And then we're going to be talking to um, all of them. Like we can get anybody involved, merchants, masters, BFC, any supplier, SAS. We're going to reach out to everybody and say, what kind of discounts can you offer? What kind of benefits can you offer for our members? Real stuff you can use. Boot Barn has already agreed. Um, I'm just finalizing some contracts with them. Um, you're going to be able to go into any Boot Barn and show your membership card and get a discount. And around the country, all the stuff, the real stuff that we can use every day, you know, sure, and sure. as as fencers. So, it, so it'll give you a benefit into carrying the card and it's free to get anyway. So it's like I have to not get one just to see. Right. And then we're going to be updating it every time you scan it. Um, it'll it'll tell you what benefits are in your area or, you know, things like that. So, nice. in the beginning, you know, and that'll grow. I mean, we're just we're doing this with limited resources. Sure. <laughs> so bear with us, you know, on that part of it. But uh, you'll see some stuff. So membership cards is going out. Um, and then also, um, we're trying to send more t-shirts out, you know, stuff like that for the show and okay. to get people excited. And then you're going to get a lot of, uh, if you get, make sure your information's correct at the FWA, it's, you know, on your free membership side or the paid ones, that way we can send you the updates on, okay. on the show information that's coming out. Cause it's, it's developing every day, you know, the, the events and things like that. And hopefully we can get some of you to start getting, um, signed up for some of the events in advance. Cause that tells us too, who's going to be doing some of these foodie tours we're doing, sure, um, sure. You know, even there's a couple of helicopter things going on because uh, not everybody just wants to sit at the bar and drink six dollar vodka tonics with me. <laughs> I wish they would. <laughs> Eat their own. Teach their own. <laughs> you know, some people want to go see the strip. Right. So yeah. different events and, 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 you know, shows and things like that. So we can help we can help arrange some of that when you're here. But um, other than that, FWA is just chugging along, man. I mean, it's I, I think, honestly, we'll have the largest member base probably by the time the show happens. FWA will have the largest member base of any association in the country. So um we're excited about that very good hey i've got a question we we were close to wrapping this up but we i think we covered this early maybe but it'd be good to put a succinct point on it so matt schaefer asked uh, do we have time to ask brian we do um so brian what was your motivating factor to starting fwa uh, i think you touched on it a little bit earlier but to put a point on it like what's personally like what's your drive behind fwa well i mean it 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 started off with just I felt that the fence companies themselves weren't being represented properly. I think that I think that we've I think that it, it, it lost its direction over over the years, you know, and on the way things were going. And I'm not big on the regulations and the the you know, I don't think we were prepared or ready yet for the building departments to come down on us as hard as, as some people want us to. So um, and I wanted people to feel more included. I felt like we what really kind of started it was we even at my company, we had a shortage of we had a shortage of labor and I'm looking at it going, why, why do we have a shortage of labor? What's going on? It's a great industry. It's an industry where you don't have to go to college for eight years and you can, you can, you know, you can actually build a company and make a good living and support your family and, and build a company and retire off of it. Why are we having such a hard time keeping people in it? I know it's, it's, it's partially because things, times have changed a little bit, you know, it's, sure. the, we're, we're not training people properly and there's no, we don't have the stuff in the school that's teaching people that, Hey, you know, not everybody can get into 
playing video games and, and doing and doing software design. But uh, I think that uh, the basics behind it was I didn't feel connected. I didn't feel like I belonged. Even when I went to the other, you know, the other shows and things like that, I didn't feel 100% like I like I felt as welcome as people should. And I said, I said, you know what, we should be able to do better as an industry and we should be able to um, make people want to stay in it. And I, I, and, and I struggled as, as I was starting my company with where were these resources and they just weren't available to me. They just weren't. I mean, I had to learn everything through trial and error. I'm not, you know, I made every mistake you can on my, every, every one of my conditions on my contract is because I screwed up. It's, and, and it wasn't yeah. because someone told me I should put that in my contract. It was, sure, it was, yeah. it was me that didn't write down my payment terms properly. It was me that didn't write down the conditions of what happens if I hit a sprinkler line. What happens if if there's a delay in getting the materials? What happened? You know what I mean? Things like that that I learned through you know thousands of dollars it cost me to learn these mistakes. You know, if I didn't call in the eight one one, I mean it, it, things like that. So I think that uh, I wanted to feel something a little bit more more connected, and I and. And nobody wants to go and just pay to join an association and not understand even what they're getting. So I, I said, well, you know what? We should have people join just to see if it's going to fit them and see if if something is going to benefit them. And then hopefully, you know, in time, upgrade if they can, you know, as they grow their company. So I think that my main and but partly my main motivation is just everybody. It's the comments and the, the you know, I, it's very not very often do I get anything negative, you know, and if it is, it's because they don't understand what we're doing. But for the most part, it's just nothing but positive feedback. So every time I feel drained and I'm just like, oh, man, it's 10 o'clock at night, man. I just want to watch some TV. And then and all of a sudden a, a beep, a message pops up. And I'm like, man, I love what you're doing. Thanks so much. I'm so excited. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, well, man, boom, I wake up. Okay, man, I got to get back on this. <laughs> so it's everybody. It's everybody else that that motivates me. Not, you know, not me because I'm tired sometimes. But um, it is a lot of time, though. <laughs> it's, it's yeah absolutely well and resources yeah right like yeah. that's to matt's point says you know th this man's devoted a lot lot for this unfathomable amount of money amount of money and effort i mean there's yeah. resources resources come in a variety of flavors and it seems like you've invested quite a lot in this uh mission you've got yeah a lot of money has gone out too so when i've self-funded this entire thing so um and you know and like i said but i believe in time it's it's going to fund itself it's it's gonna you know people will see a value in it and and hopefully you know people will upgrade from the free one to the to a business member and then we've got people signing up for sponsor memberships because the fence magazine is us and stuff as well and some of the other you know because we do have such a strong social media presence we can you know we can have someone sign up as a sponsor member and we can do some shouts out for them and stuff so yeah and i know sometimes people get annoyed by those shouts out but believe it or not that that membership that somebody's paying 5.99 a year for to be a sponsor member it's a big deal for us you get you know get that money's going to support these websites and all these uh you know all, all the back ends of these things and you know these platform probably the platform you're using to stream this video on yeah. is yeah. costing you hundreds of dollars a month it's just yeah. that everything's everything's hundreds of dollars a month for this and this and this so yeah, yeah. um but yeah so the motivation's everybody else man it's not me nice. you know yeah yeah well, and, and talking about sponsors, when I saw sponsorships came up, I was like, you know, this is something I'd like to support it. I'd like to see yeah. where it goes and I'd like to see the mission move forward. So um, it was uh, it made sense for Ozark Wireworks to step up and yep. say, you know, we'd like to support an, an industry association that we can uh, we can be involved with pretty easily. Yeah. And it, yeah. For us, for a, a new manufacturer, uh, it was a pretty it was pretty approachable, you yeah. know, to 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 partner and become a sponsor. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were excited. Yeah, we were excited to have you gone when you came on too. And I think we have like 11, 11 or 13 sponsors, uh, nice. sponsor members. So, and, and we had to control what, you know, I mean, these social, these, these, these groups that we have, obviously with 10, 15,000 people in them, I, you know, we, we have to decline probably 50 people a day uh, messages coming through or, or people wanting to post because it's just ad after ad after ad. Yeah. So, it's uh and and then nobody wants to see that so it it did help us kind of limit who we can let through yeah <laughs> that makes like sense. That. Yeah, yeah so it was nice but but yeah no matt thank you for asking it's uh it's been fun though it's been fun too well i'm excited to see where it goes i think uh i think everyone is you know that's that's why i i think any i think alternates are a good idea you know just that way different strokes for different folks you know people that may not feel comfortable in other groups need to find a home right well right. To your point 98 percent of the fence contractors out there don't have a home anyway in an yeah. association as it stands yeah. right now so there's there's something going on that they don't want to be a part of or they don't feel comfortable being a part of um so i think that's i think that's where i see when i see you posting or i see what you're talking about it seems like that's who you're trying to talk to is yeah. folks that not that folks that we're involved with someone else that are that you're trying to pull from that it's i want to reach the people that haven't been reached yet i'm not yeah. trying to to take from others i'm trying to go find new and bring them into the into an industry association period yeah yeah and i wouldn't dare pretend to even say i'm representing the fence industry with one percent two percent of of the industry uh, supporting our association. I mean, it's just, it's just, that's irresponsible. Sure. If 98% sure. of the people aren't, you know, aren't even involved in it, it's, it's, I either have to keep my opinions to myself when it comes to talking to the government and things like that, because it's, it's a, it's, it's irresponsible of me to pretend that I'm to represent 98% of the people have never told us what they want. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's so I think we need to really do a better job reaching out and getting 25, 30% of the industry, whatever we can get connected to the associations to a point where we can say, Hey guys, uh, are we happy with how it is or should we, you know, as a team collectively go in and, and make a change? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen to the greater voice. Yeah. Yeah. And do what, and do what they're, they're the ones paying for these associations. Let's face it. I mean, at some point, at some point it's going to come down to all of you guys that are paying the association and we should be, you know, put it out for vote with you guys a little bit and say, Hey, should we go and talk to, uh, you know, state of Arkansas about this? You guys are having problems. If a bunch of people said no, you're like, okay, yeah the voice is spoken good good because that was gonna be a lot of work anyway <laughs> right. sure. yeah yeah so so brian for for the folks out there the one or two of them that may not know about fwa where can they learn more you can go to joinfwa.com and that'll okay. take you straight to the join page and of course you can click home from there or you can go to fenceworkers.org but um i think people had a harder time going to fenceworkers.org than they'd go you know to join fwa.com sure sure pretty straightforward <laughs> you know or reach out to me obviously if, if you've seen me any of my posts anywhere click on you know brian t frederickson on there and send me a message and uh we'll have someone reach out to you uh right. from our office if not myself but it's pretty easy and most of the stuff's pretty transparent and it's changing i mean we're making mistakes i mean you're gonna find spelling errors and and i <laughs> It's a bunch of fencers in here try, trying right. to create a professional organization. I mean, you got to keep that in mind. You know, this wasn't developed by 15 attorneys and a bunch of people, you know, in suits to just sit in an office all day. We're out like you guys. Do, you know, we're out running our, you know, my first part of the day is getting my trucks out, you know, from seven to eight and arguing with everybody and then dealing with customers and then working on this in between. So um, you're, you're going to find, you know, we're going to try 10, 15 different things and then we're going to create a site for something and then it just nobody really 
cared or liked it. So we'll get rid of it and try something <laughs> new. So bear with us while we develop it, but we're doing our best to develop it around what people want, you know? Yeah. Well, and when, what I'm excited about is just being involved in it from, from the early days, yeah. right? Like kind of getting in on the ground floor and, and just to be able to say, yeah, uh, I was there in the beginning. You know, yeah. I, I watched it grow. I watched it become okay. this, this thing. So uh, I'm excited to see where it goes for sure. I think there's two cards that are getting printed a special color and your card's going to be orange. And uh, I love and it. I, I think, love it. I think Sean's is going to be blue and we're trying to. Nice. <laughs> you know? nice. I love it. I love that. Only so cards that are going to be a certain color. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. appreciate that a lot. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time. I know uh, the, the two hour time difference is a, is a bit of a drag. So I, I do appreciate you you coming on and being so giving with your time. Yeah, of course, man. I appreciate you having me on. We'll have to do it again. Yep, you sure. you got Anytime. the scheduling link now, so you can schedule. If you got something to talk about, you can jump on scheduling link and come oh. back on. You're always welcome. Oh, man, you're going to regret telling me that. I love, <laughs> I love well, to talk about fence. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. Brian's on like every month for the next eight months. What is going on here? <laughs> you're always welcome, Brian. I appreciate right, you coming sure. on. Appreciate it, man. All right. Have a good one. All right, guys, for now, I'm Joe Everest, the fence expert, reminding you that good fences make good neighbors, and I'll see you next time. See you later.